Well, welcome back to Alex Garrett Podcasting. And it's a very special treat to have the Alliance Defending Freedom on. Now, side note, I know the ADF team through my work life. And uh, I'm like, let me get them involved in my podcast because they're doing some incredible stuff legally with the vaccine mandate. And I think that knowing people are suing back is is very important. And Ryan Tucker is a legal, uh, you know, legal counsel there. And I know you deal with the Christian side of religious freedom. Let's start there, Ryan. And thanks for joining me, by the way. Well, thank you for having me. Let's start there, because obviously the biggest debate about these vaccines are the religious exemptions. And we've seen states not abide by them. Is that correct? Well, that's absolutely right. We've, we've seen uh, states issue onerous and, quite frankly, um, unlawful uh, mandates across the board. And this most recent action by uh, the federal government is just one more example of blatant government overreach. You know, one of the things I get asked a lot about is, you know, well, well are you against the vaccine? Are your clients against the vaccine? And I always stop them and say, no, that's not at all what this is about. It's got nothing to do with the with the vaccine reasonable minds can differ on that however what we should all have a problem with is this abusive overreach by by federal officials Mm. and this was kicked up by biden's mandatory uh you know employee employer vaccine was it not it was and you know what's really interesting about this is that um um, a few months back, um, Jen Psaki, the, the press secretary, was asked questions about uh, vaccines, and she said that it was not the role of the federal government to, to be involved in some sort of national vaccine. Well, um, no sooner had the administration you know, said those words than a few weeks later uh, did a flip-flop. And so now here we sit. We've got a, an unlawful, unconstitutional private employer mandate that affects you know, 80 to 100 million uh, individuals and, and thankfully, uh, we at ADF and, and others across the nation are, um, you know, pushing back on on this uh, unlawful power grab. And what's interesting is that these mandates just keep on coming. And so, how is ADF's lawsuits? You're winning. To tell us about the actual wins you guys have been having. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a it's a very fluid situation. But we are involved. We have four different um, lawsuits, if you will. Um, we have partnered with um, the states of uh, Florida uh, in, um, in the 11th Circuit, um, along with some other states, uh, to, to challenge the mandate. Um, we, there's a coalition of states, uh, over a dozen, um, that are involved in litigation in the 8th Circuit. And we have um, in, uh, brought to the table in that case a, a private Christian school, actually a Catholic school system uh, over there, who uh, have been greatly or can be greatly impacted by this. We have a separate lawsuit in the Sixth Circuit where we represent uh, Daily Wire. Some of your listeners may, may be um, following them and um, you know, listening to, to some of the folks that uh, uh, you know, have various shows. But also we in the Sixth have uh, uh, two clients, seminaries that have been impacted or will likely be impacted by this, uh, again, blatant government overreach. And Ryan, talk about New York City because that's where I'm at and I, w- I wanna know What's going on here? Are you representing anybody in New York? Well, we have, uh, you know, one of the things that's great about ADF is we have a network of, of lawyers. You know, as much as I'd like ADF to be all things to all people, oftentimes what we have to do is really partner with people that have partnered with ADF. And so we have what's called an allied attorney program where we have 3,000 lawyers across the United States 
that we partner with. And um, there's one lawyer in particular in New York City uh, that represents um, a handful of individuals that are, that are pushing back. His case is currently at the Second Circuit. In fact, it's going to be argued um, here within the next 24 hours. And so, um, you know, in addition to what you see sort of public facing on ADS website at ADSlegal.org, uh, there are also a lot of behind the scenes um, things that uh, ADS is involved with, and it includes uh, places like New York. It includes, you know, even places like the Wa- state of Washington and elsewhere across the United States. I've got to ask you because you are. Um, the director for Center of Christian Ministries with Alliance Defending Freedom. The the Christian the churches were hit during the pandemic. They were locked down. Meanwhile, it seemed like everything else could be open, right? So, uh, the church community is pretty tired of all these lockdowns, and and that's why you're seeing pushback on the mandates now, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you know the the, the best example. I know you being in New York, uh, you're obviously familiar with. Uh, uh, Roman Catholic diocese case that, that came out of New York and the draconian, you know, um, mandates there. But even before, you know, the Supreme Court got to that case in New York, you know, the case that I think really turned the corner and really changed the public narrative was a case we had out of Nevada. Uh, that was Calvary Chapel, Dayton Valley versus Sisolak, the governor of Nevada. And there you could have casinos open at uh, 50% capacity. So you could have thousands of people on the, the Las Vegas Strip the churches were limited to 50 people. And so, you know, you could go, you could spend hours on end playing a, a slot machine or, or the craps table, but you couldn't go worship God. And, you know, we, we filed suit in that case and uh, ran it all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, the makeup of the court was different at the time. We actually lost five four, but that, that really created a nationwide stir that I think eventually led to, um, you know, the great victory you saw there in your backyard in New York. And uh, I'll tell you what, when, when things sort of open up here, that was great. Now, I've got to ask you this because you are a Juris Doctor, doctor at Baylor Law School. They didn't teach you this pandemic uh, restrictions, did they, back then? So I'm sure there's been a, a whirlwind. <laughs> you know, it, it truly has been. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, no, obviously none of us have lived through a pandemic. And so, um, you know, whether that's uh, listeners that have, uh, you know, their, their businesses, uh, a stay-at-home mom dealing with, you know, life uh, at home with, with, with kids now there on Zoom, school, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, it, the last couple of years have been um, uh, interesting, to say the least. And certainly in the legal profession, we truly haven't seen anything like this. We've been, you know, referring to cases that are over a century year, you know, you know over 100 years old um, in many instances, not all. Um, but it's, it's territory. Um, but, you know, things that aren't new per se are just basic, you know, principles and you know again that that is the fact that you know we may disagree on you know uh, vaccines uh or whether they're they're they're, they're good or or not um interestingly most of our clients actually are very much um advocating for for the taking of them but even regardless of that topic and how volatile it is you know one thing like i said that everyone really should should agree on is the fact that the administration's you know mandate is a vast and unlawful executive power grab. Ryan Tucker, i got to ask you this. To, to defend those that want, you know, these lawsuits to win these cases, are you using evidence like Fauci's emails? Or what are the defenses you guys are saying? Yeah, this is not right. What Are you invoking yeah. Fauci? Are you invoking even the governors that have been hypocritical about this? Yeah, great question. Well, you know, it depends on, you know, which, which uh, you know, vaccine mandate we're talking about. So if, 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 you know, we're talking about, say, the OSHA, the recent OSHA mandate, the private employers, 
What's interesting there is um, when OSHA issued its, uh, its its rule, its recent rule, um, when it was first published, you know, there's basically 500 pages online. You may think, gosh, why, why are there 500 pages there? Well, the reason that it was so large is because the federal government had to throw the kitchen sink in there. They had to basically justify everything or try to justify, because I don't think they can, but they, they attempt to justify the rationale for what they've done. They're limited to that record, meaning we challenge, you know, their 500 pages and say, um, here are all the reasons why you don't have the authority to do what you do. Um, and so there's a, great, a lot of great legal reasons, but we don't even need to get into um, uh, issues like whether Fauci females, um, you know, show a, a different mindset or not. Now, I will say that in the context of some of these state um, challenges, you know, where you have this nonsense going on where people are arbitrarily picking, um, you know, certain deadlines or thresholds, you know, certainly um, when, you know, uh, emails show that the, the state governments or local governments really have no basis for their, their COVID-related restrictions, those indeed become very important, you know, pieces of evidence. So you do see it in that context. With regard to OSHA, the OSHA mandate, honestly, just on its face, um, the, you know, Congress didn't grant OSHA the authority to do this. Um, even if you, you put aside the legalities of it all, let's just think about it commonsensically. You know, why is it 100 people? What about the, you know, is, is the, uh, the business that has 99, are they that much, you know, more protected than the one that happens to, you know, go to 100? You know, the arbitrary and, and capricious nature of it also just shows how this has really been just, you know, picking this out of thin air. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not just, um, is the threat of termination also a constitutional violation because we've seen companies and I don't know if you've been represented by people like say the Southwest Pilots Unit or you, you've been asked to represent any of those kind of unions but is it unconstitutional to say yes if you don't get this you could be fired or is that a private company's right have you seen pushback on that legally yeah, so, you know, I have a good, a good friend of mine uh, who's actually a pilot for Southwest Airlines, and so he's currently, you know, navigating um, those waters. He himself, you know, has uh, a real subjection to, to the taking of the vaccine, and so I know that he and many other pilots, um, you know, across the United States, people in, you know, non, um, uh, you know, airline uh, positions uh, are also going through this process where they're, uh, putting forth you know the religious objections to um, these mandatory uh, vaccines now what's what's important for I think your listeners to understand is that um, simply because a, a private company says you know um, regardless of what the federal government says or state government says we ourselves are instituting uh, a vaccine mandate you have certain rights um, under you know what's called title 7 that basically says you know if you have a, a religious or, or even medical exemption uh, towards the taking of the vaccine, um, then you have a right to, to object and seek an accommodation uh, from your employer. We've actually got information about that on our website, again, at adflegal.org, um, where, um, you know, you can go and, and, and obtain insight. Now, um, some businesses have been better at dealing with these situations than others. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, there is uh, litigation currently ongoing. And so uh, we don't have all the answers yet um, to, to all the different lawsuits that are, that are floating around. But uh, again, ultimately, I, I just think, you know, if, if the government is allowed to come in and basically commandeer a, mm -hmm. a, a private business uh, enterprise and tell 
them or even tell us as citizens this is this is how you should do it this is what big brother thinks then you know i think we've truly lost our freedom and i i, I think ultimately that's that's really what's uh, at stake here all right well you know the, the, the interesting thing is after i asked to talk with you guys over the weekend this federal judge holds the vaccine mandate for private businesses tell us about this yeah, so I, I mentioned, the, you know, earlier how IDF is involved in a number of different uh, uh, places, jurisdictions. So the United States is divided up into different courts of appeals, federal courts of appeals. What's really interesting about this OSHA litigation is that rather than file at the district court level, which is what you normally do 99% of the time, the statute provides that you can go directly to the court of appeals. And so the Texas Attorney General and a coalition of other businesses filed at uh, the Fifth Circuit, which encompasses Texas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. And uh, the Fifth Circuit um, uh, looked at that request, that petition, and immediately granted temporary relief, stalling, at least for right now, uh, enforcement of the mandate. Now, we're going to find out um, this week, very soon, uh, just just how far that will extend. You know, I think there's some open questions. Some people will debate whether that's truly a nationwide injunction, if that's just to protect those particular um, uh, businesses or folks in the in, in the Fifth Circuit, um, you know, I, I it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The the, the government, the federal government, um, will take a, a narrow view of that, and the, the federal government right now, your your listeners should know, um, is uh, taking the position now that all of these cases, whether it's in the Fifth Circuit or cases like uh, the Sixth Circuit, Eighth Circuit, all these places around the United States, they should all be consolidated into one singular form. Uh, and so we're going to see in the coming days a, a push by the federal government to consolidate all these cases into one. On the um, but, but on the reverse side of that, you're going to see a push by folks like us and other like-minded organizations to um, get clarity immediately mm. from the courts and all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if necessary. All right. Well, one last thing, because obviously the courts... They, they like to say that these were GOP-appointed judges that froze the vaccine requirement, but like him or hate him, Trump really changed the courts, didn't he, with all these different appointees? Well, yeah, well, certainly, you know, there are a number of good uh, judges that, that were appointed in the last um, few years. But what's interesting, though, it's, really, it's truly, a non, uh, truly a nonpartisan issue, and I'll give you just two examples of that. One is what I referenced before. Um, where many Democrats, including the administration itself, says it's not they used to say there was not the place for the federal government to to invade on uh, in this space. But also, I think if you look interestingly to, to Kansas, Kansas is a. Um, I, I know most people think in you know middle part of America, you know, very conservative, but they've actually elected a number of uh, folks that don't always view things necessarily the way I, I certainly view them, and the governor there. Interestingly, a Democrat, uh, she came out and said, look, I'm not in favor of, of what's, what's happening here. And uh, she did that uh, just a handful of days ago. And so I don't think it really matters whether you get a deer or not next to your name. I think all of us, um, regardless of political affiliation, can look at this and see it for what it is. And that's the fact that our freedoms shouldn't be stripped away from us by um, by the federal government. I mean, that's, that's really the foundation of, of the United States. And if we don't stand up for it now, then you know, those freedoms will, will, will slowly go away. One last thing. How can ADF be helped during this time as you're fighting back? Well, you know, we, um, you know, we, we obviously have a number of, uh, of supporters, but I, I think one is just, you know, uh, staying attuned to what's happening. So, 
whether it's in the context of vaccines or outside of it, ADF does a lot of different things well beyond uh, these topics. And so I think going to ADFlegal.org, um, checking out what we're doing is, is of tremendous benefit. And, uh, you know, we, we don't charge for our services. We, um, we do everything pro bono. We don't charge our clients for any of this. We are, are funded through the gracious gifts of those that, that follow us. And so I think, um, you know, going to our website, checking that out, I think most importantly, praying for the folks that are, you know, you know in the fight, mm. uh, I think is, is, is an awesome thing as well. Well, Ryan, God bless you in this fight. And keep us in tune. I'll stay tuned with ADF to see what you guys are up to. And thanks for fighting the good fight and joining Alex Garrett Podcasting today. Thank you for having me. You got it. Alex Garrett Podcasting here at ADFlegal.org, where you can find out more. Uh, it's time to fight back. And, and I like that Alliance Fighting Freedom is doing just that.